Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right. Good morning. Good morning, Fusion Church. Everybody hear me all right? Some thumbs up. All right. This morning we are in Joshua 2. Joshua 2. Hey, listen, doesn't it feel good to be past the first five books of the Bible? We made it through. It seems like we were in there forever. It seemed like the children of Israel were never going to get out, get into the promised land. They were just, you know, hanging out in the wilderness forever. Okay, so we had to deal with it for a couple of months, right? <laughs> you know, really Deuteronomy, maybe like, you know, a month and a half or so we were in Deuteronomy, you know. But then those people were there for 40 years, four zero years, you know, in preparation for where we're at now. In the book of Joshua, and they're about to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. We're seeing preparations being made um, before they can do that. So um, this morning, again, we're in Joshua 2. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Um, so let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you. We thank you for this journey that we've been on, Father, just digging into your word and, and digging into the history of Israel and, and everything that they went through, everything that they put themselves through, Father, Lord. And, and, and Father, I pray that we can use that as an example of our own lives, Father, and the things that, that, that we put ourselves through, Lord, when we don't obey your command, Lord, when we don't obey your word, Father. So during this time, Father, I pray that you would just be with us, Lord. I pray that you would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our ears to hear something fresh from you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, just be with us, Father. Everyone on this call, everyone listening later on in the podcast, Lord. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That's Joshua 2. And uh, I am reading from the New King James Version. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, by the ford to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. The terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, 
and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours, if none of you tell the business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of which of yours, which you have made us swear. Unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord into the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a land is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath for which you've made us swear. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, truly, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are fainthearted because of us. Amen. Amen. All right. Joshua 2. So we're seeing here, um, Joshua sent two men um, to cross over to spy out the land. Very similar to 40 years prior when Moses sent 10 spies into the land to check it all out. And so um, Joshua did the same thing, but with only two men. And this this, this kind of um, uh, preparation shows faithfulness, right? Not a lack of faith. By sending out men to spy, it wasn't showing a lack of faith, right? God's promises to, uh, of success should should never lull us into inaction, right? It would be really easy for Joshua to have been like, you know what? God's made the promise. We've already gone through 40 years in this wilderness. You know, nothing's going to stop us. Let's just go. Let's just go take the land. But Joshua was, was still um, being, being, being careful. And, you know, God's promises, no, you know, just because God promises something doesn't mean we do nothing on our end, all right? Yes, God's promises are yes and amen. And God has made promises in our lives. It doesn't mean we just sit on our hands and just wait for it to happen. There's, there's, sometimes there's things that we need to do, right? You know, when God gives us a promise, that, that should spur us on to, to a godly activity, right? You know, um, so we, we aren't told who the two spies are. Um, uh, Jewish traditions say that it was Caleb. Um, who was one of the only two spies of the 12 who agreed with Joshua to take the land, right? So Joshua sent his homie Caleb 
to, to uh, again to go forward. And, and Jewish tradition also says it was the high priest Eleazar. All right, so let's just go with that. Caleb and Eleazar, they were the two spies who went in to the land. You know, and remember that all of this is taking place during the, the three days Joshua had commanded the nation to wait on the banks of the Jordan, right? In Joshua chapter one, verse 11, he said, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which the Lord, your God is giving you to possess. So three days, right? God has a special purpose for these three days. A lot happens over the course of these three days, right? You know, so what happens? He sent the spies in to, to go um, spy secretly. All right, Joshua shows a lot of wisdom by having them go in and spy secretly. You know, the last time, you know, spies went into the land, you know, they were, they, it was very public, right? Everyone knew Moses is sending 12 spies in into the land, but it turned very badly for, for Israel because as we know, 10 of the 12 spies came back with a discouraging report. And we read about that way back in Numbers 13, right? They were also to go in and, and view the land. And, and Joshua told them, especially Jericho, especially Jericho, right? God had greater things in mind for this spy mission, right? This mission was going to fail as a recon mission, right? But it was going to be successful through God's eyes, right? Because through God's purposes, this was, this was going to be a very successful mission, right? These spies, you know, they came to the house of the harlot named Rahab, right? This was part of God's plan, right? Now, throughout um, uh, the history of Christianity, um, some Bible interpreters, Bible scholars, whatever you want to call them, um, they were, they, they, they've been embarrassed that these two spies went to a prostitute's house, right? And some of them have even tried to change the wording of the Bible. Some of them have tried to say that she was just an innkeeper. You know, she had a hotel in Jericho and they just, they just stopped by for the night. But that's not the case. The language is clear, right? She was a harlot, right? And listen, it's great when sinners receive Jesus, you know, and they don't deny their sinfulness, right? So acknowledging that this woman, you know, she she was a sinner, you know, and she never denied anywhere in the, in the word, you know, you know who she was or who she wasn't, right? And it says they lodged there, they stayed there for a little bit, you know. So so why did they go to the harlot's house? Because it was a perfect place to hide. It was a perfect place to remain anonymous, all right? Because they were going into enemy territory, right? And there isn't there isn't um, any hint that anything immoral happened with Rahab. There's no you know hidden signs that you know they were like, hey, we had a prostitute's house, right? Hey, since we're here, why not? You know, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna go into no more detail. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? There's no hint, not, not, there's no, no sign of any kind of indiscretion happening at this house, right? 
And if anyone's trying to to throw, you know, uh, or assume something immoral happened, you're really just throwing your own bias into the text. So, you know, that's a, this is a, this is a, an example of you know not reading too much in to this the scriptures. Like what it says is what it says. Don't try to interpret extra, right? Verse four says, then the woman took the two men and hid them, right? So in the culture of the day, there's there was a strong tradition. Uh, of hospitality, right? If someone was a guest in your house, you had the duty to protect them and to care for them, right? Even considering this, right? Rahab went even further, right? Than the than the, than the respect of cultural traditions when it came to uh, regarding hospitality, she put her own life on the line for these men. And when and when the king of Jericho, you know, sent men to confront her, she said, "Yeah, they came here. I didn't know where they were from. I sent them on their way, right, right, which was a lie, right." She 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 boldly lied to the men of the uh, of, of the king, and the Bible, it, it, it all it does is it reports her lie. It doesn't praise it. It doesn't excuse it, right? Right? Rahab's lie isn't justified, but it does show courage. Right. Consider that she was a pagan sinner in a city, in a culture, culture that was wholly given over to the worship of false gods and immorality. She had no previous contact with the word of God or the things of God. Yet there was something different. She knew she heard. Right. We just read that there was reports of these Israelites that, you know, you know, decades ago came from from Egypt and their god did this and 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 he he delivered other kings and other nations to them you know other nations were utterly destroyed right because of this this nation called Israel and their god right and so Rahab knew there's something inside of her said you know there's something about this right so it says i know that the lord has given you the land this this is a, this is a surprising outburst of faith that shows that God had a plan in bringing Rahab and the spies together. It's the same kind of thing that that we see when God supernaturally brings us to people, you know, who are believers or, or people who who are open to the gospel, right? How many times have you felt um, encouraged? You felt nudged? You felt you know something telling you go go speak to that person, go talk to that person about God. You know, the Holy Spirit saying, you know, go talk to him about me. Go talk to her about me. Right. And when you step out in faith and you do it and you realize like the, the groundwork's already been laid. Right. The Holy Spirit's already been working on them. And it turns into a very easy conversation. Right. Because they're open to receiving. Right. Rahab was open to receiving the spies. And she says, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. This is this declaration is a proof of her faith, right? It was not strong faith and it wasn't a perfect faith, right? But her faith was commendable nonetheless. We read in, in Hebrews 11, and the book of Hebrews is, has, you know, we, we call it the hall of faith, where, where the writer of Hebrews goes into detail. All these people within, you know, the entire Old Testament who had great faith. And Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, is thrown into this hall of faith. Hebrews 11, 31 says, by faith, 
the harlot Rahab did not um, perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. James 2, 25, right? James, the brother of Jesus, he writes, you know, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out the other way? We may be appalled, right, by the fact that Rahab was a prostitute, right? You know, we can sit here with our, you know, our, 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 our Western beliefs and, you know, and all this and, and you know, about how, you know, and, and our, our view that, you know, prostitution is, is an evil. And yes, it is. It's a bad, it's a horrible practice, right? But we can't look at this story and look at this woman, Rahab, you know, and just be disgusted, right? God has a plan. And this shows, brothers and sisters, that God can use anybody, even the most unlikely people God can use, right? So sometimes we need to take off our, our church lens, right? We need to take off our, our, our glasses of, of, of our, our sanctification and our holiness and really look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. You know, who is God using, right? Because if he could use a prostitute thousands and thousands of years ago, right? He can use anybody, anybody and we're going to see here in a few minutes had just just even even more important rahab was to to the the entire lineage of the bible and how she's important to us too here today brothers and sisters right you know so so the despite the fact of who she was she was not saved by her works she was saved by her faith she knew who god was and she also knew who she was, but she trusted God for her very life. She says, swear to me by the Lord. This shows that Rahab longed for assurance. She asked for an oath. She wanted to leave her sinful life and culture and go with God's people, right? She wanted, she wanted to leave that life. She wanted to move on to something better so much that she made them swear right? Swear to God, right? You know, and she says that, that you will also show kindness to my father's house. Rahab's desire to see her family saved and the length she went to save their, their, their lives shows that her love should be noticed as well as her faith. So they tell her, find this scarlet cord in the window, right? This was the signal to the army, right? And this is this is going to get this is going to get kind of deep. This is the signal to the army that the people in this particular home were to be saved, right? Despite Rahab's desires for safety, despite her faith, despite the promise that the spies gave her, she would have still died unless she put her trust in the blood red cord hanging from her window the scarlet cord hanging from her window the same window that she that she uh, uh let the, the the spies out right cuz it says she lived on the wall of jericho without the scarlet cord she would not have been saved her entire family would have been destroyed and as early as as the 1st century commentators have seen this scarlet cord as a symbol of the blood of jesus as a symbol of Jesus, all right? So despite your desires, despite your faith, despite the promises that we receive in the Bible, if you don't have faith in Jesus, because listen, you can have faith that this Bible is real. 
right? You can have faith that there was a Jesus. You can have faith, you know, you know, you can have faith in 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 the promises of the Bible. You can believe, right? But if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, if you have not made him the, 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 the savior of your life, if you not have, if you've not put your entire trust in him, you're going to be utterly destroyed like the rest of Jericho. It says in verse 21, she bound the scarlet cord in the, in the window. Rahab immediately put her faith in, into both the identification and the safety of the scarlet cord. She also trusted the ones who, who made this promise about the scarlet cord, right? She said, according to your words, so be it. So Rahab could have easily been like, really, guys, uh, a piece of cord, you know, uh, man, listen, you guys know where I live. Just tell people where I live and, and, and don't destroy us. But she put her faith in it. She put her faith in this scarlet cord. Just as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So are you sitting here, brothers and sisters, and have, have you yet to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you coming to church and you're doing all the right things, but you have yet to put your faith in Jesus Christ? You go to church every Sunday, you jump on soap throughout the week, 6 a.m. You know, maybe you're listening onto the podcast here in a little bit when it gets loaded up, you know, and 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 you're you're doing all the right things, right? You've checked all the boxes of, of Christianity, but you have yet to put your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want to I want to implore you, I want to encourage you, like, you know, cry out to God and put your faith in him. All it took for Rahab was to hear the stories, hear the history of Israel and what they what Israel has been able to accomplish, right? All the way going back to Egypt 40 years prior. And all the nations that they had encountered and, and Israel was able to destroy through all, all the time. She heard and she had faith, right? And and she immediately had faith because it, she it didn't speak. She didn't say just because, oh, look what you guys did. No, she said, your God, your God is the God of heaven and of earth. Your God, faith. She had faith, brothers and sisters. Rahab, so, so, so Rahab, why is Rahab, why is Rahab so important to the story? Right? Why is Rahab so important to the future of the children of Israel? Right? Because Rahab's destiny after all this, right? After her family was saved, after Jericho was, was utterly destroyed, was to marry one of the leaders of the tribe of Judah. So she marries one of the leaders of the tribe of Judah. And as a result of that marriage, they have a son. That son is named Boaz. And if you read the book of Ruth, Boaz marries Ruth, right? And when we get into that portion of the Bible, you know, the story of Ruth, you know, a, a woman, not an Israelite, who came into the land following her, following her, her, her mother-in-law, and she's faithful to her mother-in-law, meets this guy named Boaz, and they end up getting married. And Boaz and Ruth, right, they are the grandparents of David. 
So Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute, was in the lineage of King David. That that blows my mind. And so Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute, was in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. How um, Look at that. And this, all this takes place over a thousand years prior to Jesus. But look at God. Look at God. Making a way where there seems to be no way. Always has a plan. Never caught by surprise. Right? So perhaps, maybe, through God's divine plan, you know, he told Joshua, send those two spies because God knew he was already he was already preparing a way for his son, Jesus Christ, to come over a thousand years later. That's amazing, right, brothers and sisters? Look at God. So no matter where you're at, wherever you're at in life, wherever you're at in this faith, God was planning for you a long time ago. He was making a way for you a long, long time. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care if you've been in the faith for, for, for 60 years or six minutes. God has always been making a way for you. God has always had you in mind, just as, as he had his son in mind when he sent those spies to spy out the land, right? Because let's think about this. This spy mission wasn't really a success. You know, they didn't really, all, all they, you know, they just, they, they, they saw what happened. They were almost caught. They hid in a cave for a little bit. Went back to Joshua and was just like, hey, we can take the land, you know, but through God's purposes and God, it was a complete success. So after all this, they end up escaping. and. And, and, and they, they told Joshua everything that had happened to them. And considering how, how God will have, um, have them conquer the city of Jericho, we're, we're going to read about this, you know, here soon, you know, how did the information from their, from the, the, their mission help the battle for Jericho? Jericho was one of the strongest and most heavily fortified cities in Canaan, right? If Israel, so, 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 so if Israel was able to conquer it, then the whole land would be before them. But how did this reconnaissance mission help them with the, the inevitable battle that, that they were going to fight? It didn't help them at all. Because they didn't go in. They didn't bring down the city walls through conventional means. And again, we're going to read about this in the next day or two about how the walls of Jericho came crumbling down, right? Because it was once the walls were down, Jericho was defenseless. The walls were their defense and God tore, tears them down. So this mission to send spies into Jericho was for no other reason than to meet Rahab, to meet her family. And to prepare the line for Jesus to come, to prepare the line for King David, man after God's own heart, to be the first real true king of Israel through which all the remaining kings would come and end 
with Jesus Christ. Verse 24, true, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. The recon mission didn't help with military strategy, but it did help in encouraging the faith of these spies and encouraging the faith of this entire nation, which was more important than having a good battle plan. And again, there was another purpose at work in sending the spies. And that was to save Rahab. In this story, we see the extent that God goes, that he would go to bring one woman and her father's house to salvation. Someone seemingly impossible to save. How can a, how could a prostitute accomplish anything? How is a prostitute important? You may have seen have some people in your life. That, that they seem impossible to save. Through our eyes, our human eyes, our human intuition, our human intellect, whatever you want to call it, they seem impossible. There's no way. There's no way. They're so far gone. But God is, God's hand is not too short. God's hand is not too weak to save people like Rahab. He can work in amazing ways to bring people to salvation. So, my brothers and sisters, as we close this morning, Joshua 2, who, who are those people? Who's that, who's that one person in your life that's impossible to save? And imagine if you just remain obedient to the Lord, obedient to his commands, obedient to the will of his uh, of your life and what he wants to do and how he wants to use you to reach these individuals. And if you're obedient, open to him, working in your life, imagine how their life, this the seemingly impossible person, how their life may impact countless generations after them. Just because you stood out in faith, just as the spies stood out in faith as they went into Jericho. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for, for your willingness, Father, to, to, to go after even the one. Father, your word says you'll, you'll leave the 99 for the one, Lord. And Rahab was the one. Her family were the, were the one. And you went after them, Father. So thank you for this promise, Lord. Thank you for this, for this, this, for some of us, a new way of seeing the story of Rahab, Lord. Father, we continue to give you praise. We continue to give you honor, Lord. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will, will convict us, Father. Your Holy Spirit will speak to us and move us and, and guide us into, into the will that you have for us, what you want us to accomplish, Lord, even if it's to save those that through our fleshly eyes seem impossible to reach. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. I pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters on this call today and everyone listening later on. Father, just bless them, keep them, and guide them, Jesus. Father, just continue to speak to them. Father, I pray that as they go about their day, Father, your, this, this word will just, will just continue to marinate in their spirit, Jesus. Give them new truths, new understanding of who you are. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, this was a good one. I will see you again next week.
God bless.